Welcome to Now for Someone Completely Interesting. My name is Ben Poulin, back in my comfortable host chair. My guest, someone I've only recently got to know, thanks to my good friend Kurt Price. Uh, she was his co-worker for a while and is now his caregiver. I've uh, been a longtime radio personality in Lloydminster for, I'm told, 10 years at least. Uh, she came out west from Ontario, and despite poor taste in hockey teams, she comes with a wealth of knowledge of how to keep your boyfriend from causing a scene. I'm very pleased to welcome someone completely interesting, Heather Clegas. Thank you very much. It's <laughs> quite the intro. Oh, thank you. And I didn't screw it up. We were just talking about how uh, how embarrassing it would be to screw up an intro that you have written out. You I, did very well. I have to do that. So, yep. Yeah, so now we go off script here. So um, there you go. Uh, Lloydminster, so it's actually been how many years in Lloydminster now? I moved here in 2009, so I've been here for 12 years now. Okay, and so as, as I've, been, uh, I've been told from Ontario, what part of Ontario originally you're from? I'm from a small farm, which I like to refer to as the Clegus Ranch, and it's the closest city that it's near is Owen Sound, Ontario. But it's really kind of, you know, just on a corner near this small town and not far from this small town. So, Were, were you doing radio in, in Ontario? I did radio in Ontario. I worked actually in Owen Sound at okay. kind of my hometown radio station. That was my first job. And then I spent almost a year in Barrie, Ontario. Okay. And that's when you came out west? Yes, after okay. that. Because I'd been at that station for... It was nine months, like it wasn't quite a year, and mm -hmm. it happened to be during a year that the economy was not great, so I got laid off from that station, and that led to my search for my next radio job. So how, uh, what goes through your head? You, that's, okay, let's go across the country. It, was that ever something that was in the the game plan at some, t or, or ever considered, I guess? Well, to be honest, and my parents will back me up on this, when I was growing up, I told them I was going to live in their house till I was about 40. <laughs> and then I kind of thought, gee, will they move out then? Or what will I do then? You know what I mean? So I had never seriously entertained the idea. Mm -hmm. I'd maybe thought about it. It might have crossed my mind, but I'd never really seriously considered it until all of a sudden... I had been in a job that I really enjoyed, and then I wasn't. And I thought, do I want to stay in radio? And if I do, well, where is that going to take me? Mm -hmm. So that's when I started to seriously consider moving away from home, basically. Right. So you, you saw a job posting in Lloydminster, applied for it, and then it's, uh, okay, we're... Actually, a girl I worked with, she sent the job posting my way, and she was like, if you're interested in staying in radio, I actually mm -hmm. worked at this station a few years ago, and I think that you might enjoy it out there and I know you're qualified for the job so you should take a look at this and I did. Mm -hmm. Did you, um, coming across the country, how did you plan that? Was that something, okay, we're going to hop a plane and, and with a couple of possessions or was this a, was this an adventure on its own? It was an adventure on its own because I wanted to take, you know, you want to bring certain things with you. Yeah. You want like your favorite book and your favorite CDs and things like that. So I had been driving and older jeep cherokee okay. but the heater didn't work the air conditioning didn't work like it had a few issues and what time of year is this that that you're planning this uh cross country it was in may okay so i thought i think i should have you know maybe a different vehicle for that drive out because i did want to drive out so i could have all these comforts so my dad and i went around and looked at a whole bunch of different vehicles and eventually i settled on the one that a i could afford 
Right. And B, that I thought, well, I should be able to pack a good amount of stuff in So that would be like a bicycle with a wagon. Basically, yeah. <laughs> We're talking radio salary. So, <laughs> so I, I, I got a, a Yaris and, uh, you know, great on gas, that kind of thing. And I was like, oh, I can fit a bunch of stuff in there. But the night before I left, I had a meltdown because I was like, I can't pack my skates. <laughs> I only have one frying pan. How am I going to survive? And both my parents were like, it's going to be okay. It'll be fine. And bless my father for repacking my car for me. Because when I actually got out here and started to unpack, I was like, hey, he put my skates in. Hey, I have a lawn chair. Like, there are all these things that I was like, I didn't think I could fit that in. But he did it. So he might have been a little bit more calm, less preoccupied with the... A little bit, okay. yeah. How long did it take to drive out? I took four days. Okay. I don't think... It would actually take you four no. days if you really yeah. wanted to get there. But I wanted to stop along the way because part of the thought in my head was like, well, what if I don't get the chance to make this drive again? Right. Like, I want to stop and see the Terry Fox Monument. Mm -hmm. And one of my former PDs, he was working in Brandon, Manitoba. Right. So I thought, well, I'll stop and see him. I'll say hi. So there were a few stops along the way that I did want to make. So I right. gave myself that four days to get there what would be like some of the more memorable things you encountered on that drive the uh, drive through ontario was very long it took two days but the first night the motel i stayed in i don't remember what it was but there was a little breakfast nook in the morning and i met two gentlemen who actually lived in the lloydminster area Oh, wow. They were going to Ontario to, it was either to pick up furniture or drop off furniture. And as I was leaving, they were in the parking lot too. And they said to me, so what's the name of the city you're going to? I was like, Lloyd Minster. They're like, yes, it's not Lloyd Minster. <laughs> it's Lloyd Minster. So I was always kind of grateful that yes. I met them. And I mean, what are the odds, right? Yeah. And the other thing about driving is once I saw the sign that said, welcome to Manitoba, I was kind of relieved that I'd left Ontario, so I started to cry. And I was like, I'm going to make it. <laughs> I'm out of Ontario. Not that Northern Ontario isn't beautiful, but when right. you drive it alone, mm -hmm. it can seem quite long, a long drive. And then you get to the prairies. Yeah. <laughs> it's more the same thing. My impression, anyway. I don't know. <laughs> Is that what... <laughs> Actually, I didn't mind driving across right. the prairies, but it seemed like, you know, once I hit Manitoba, Manitoba was gone like that. Mm -hmm. Why did Ontario take so long? So when you're coming out to, to Lloydminster, like, I mean, there is a little bit of um, maybe culturally a little bit different the way we think, uh, even politically and stuff like that. Was was there a little bit of um, a learning curve and kind of getting used to, you know, the way the way things are out here compared to Ontario or being rural Ontario was it was it was it similar what were some of the things that kind of stood out for you when you first got here everybody drove a truck right not everybody but that's how it felt right yeah like yeah. so that was new also the fact that why at my apartment building do I have a plug-in where I park my car because the part of Ontario <laughs> I'm from it doesn't get that cold right so that to me was a bit of a mystery until winter came around then I knew <laughs> and also the other thing that struck me was how large the farms are because where I'm from in Ontario, you have a smaller farm because you don't need as much land to right. grow your food or maintain your cattle. Mm -hmm. But out here, you do need more land. So it just struck me that, wow, this is, it really is wide open, but it's right. beautiful. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so uh, the, the job itself in Lloydminster uh, with the radio station, you've, you've encountered uh, 
quite a cast of characters, <laughs> to say the least. That's one way of putting what, it. What is, okay, let's go specific here. We can pick on him. Your first impression of uh, a gentleman we know very well is, is Kurt Price. He's been on the show a couple times now. So, uh, And obviously uh, you, you guys have, uh, have, have evolved into a relationship here too. But what's your first impression of this guy? The first time I met him, he was wearing a Montreal Canadiens t-shirt that said Price on the back. And I was like, he put his own name on the back of a Montreal Canadiens t-shirt? I was like, what's going on here? Typical East fan. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) And then I was like, oh, Montreal Canadiens fan. How's this going to go? But uh, I was always very grateful that he kind of took me under his wing and introduced me to people in the community mm-hmm. and showed me like important places that I'd need to go and things like that. So like the John Deere dealership. That's right. So uh so I always felt very grateful that he kinda you know right. took care of me, I guess, for lack of a better way of putting it. No, there's a story in that. I say the John Deere dealership, but wasn't that the something that, that was kind of um um something you you was important to you to, to see or something like that oh, what, what's yes. the story behind that yes well my family's a john deere family so my older brother he is a mechanic and when he first got started he apprenticed at the john deere dealership and that's how he worked mm-hmm. his way up so john deere has been a big part of our family's life and so that was kind of one of the things that dad wanted to know about too like right. what's a john deere dealership like and so my younger brother came out to visit and we thought hey let's go to the john deere dealership we'll look at the combines we'll look at the big tractors so we're out there just wandering around the yard just looking at everything and this uh older gentleman comes up to us and you know just starts talking to us and finds out we're from ontario oh well why not come have a tour of the dealership so took us around the yard took us into the dealership to see the mechanics bays like took us everywhere really nice gentleman and then i come back and you know i tell kurt about this and he's like do you know like do you remember his name and i was like well if you said it i remembered do you think it was ken k i was like yeah i think it was ken k yeah, he's the guy who owns the dealership. <laughs> but just how genuinely friendly he yeah. was, and he just really made you feel welcome. Right. Yeah, just like at home. Now, I want to go with a little bit of a different direction here. When um, when I did my very first podcast that was at my house uh, back in St. Paul, I interviewed Kurt. Um, you were kind of looking at the equipment and you made an interesting comment that kind of stuck out with me. And it was that uh, you wish you had something like this when you were talking with your, your grandfather and collecting stories. And there's uh, something really important there. I think we should talk about is that um, this was a guy that served Canada in world war two and um, that you actually did, uh, did get a lot of his stories and preserve those and stuff. Can can you tell us a little bit Tell us a little bit about him and maybe some of the stories uh, related to that. There's so much I could say about my grandpa. Um, well, I know that I've been thinking about him a lot lately. I do, because he passed a few years ago. But it's funny how just little things will make me think of him. But I was thinking the other day, like, because somebody asked me who my hero was. And I was like, oh, it was my grandpa, obviously. But then I was like, but when I was a kid, I didn't really understand what it meant to be in the war but I remember the first time he told me he got shot in the war I was a kid I was at home I was sick my mom and grandma they had a trip planned so they went and did their thing and grandpa was like oh I'll look after and I'm sitting at the kitchen table eating some soup and he tells me 
Did I ever tell you about that time in the war when I got shot? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know, six or seven years old, right? And he told me, he looked out the kitchen window and he's like, the guy was sitting in a tree, just that tree, like from here to us, that's how close he was. And I just felt a pain in my shoulder. And that is such a vivid memory for me because I think that's the first time I was like, he was really in danger. Yeah. I don't think I understood that. Probably the first time I heard that he had been in the war. I think that's, that's uh, I don't want to say misconception, but just kind of um, an unfortunate frame of mind we have. While the, you know, the war is over and done with, and mm-hmm. now they're, you're, you're home safe here now, but I don't think we actually really understand what... No. And he took me to Holland for the anniversary of the 65th liberation of Holland. And for them, it's still very present because... The grandparents who lived through it, they told their kids, they told their grandkids. And we were in Amsterdam on a streetcar and multiple people got up and offered their seat to my grandpa because they saw he was a veteran and he was Canadian. And you don't come across, well, you don't see that in Canada. Isn't that interesting though? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's something definitely we need to learn more about. So yeah, it'd be... uh, And the other thing I really remember about that, too, is they have Liberation Day, which is a day off, and where they go to different cemeteries where Mm -hmm. soldiers are buried and they decorate their graves. And there was a couple that came up to us and said, do you mind if we take a picture of our son with your grandpa? Like, did he fight in the war? And I said, oh, yeah, he was in Holland. And so they took this picture and they said, we're going to show this to our son through the years and say, because of this man, we are free because he fought for us and so for them to maintain that connection is really special mm-hmm. that's a great story what, what else were some of the things that your, your grandfather told you that uh, that kind of stand out he loved to tell the story about uh, one Christmas he and uh, the group he was with they were guarding the Nijmegen bridge and Christmas dinner arrived And it was this beautiful spread and they had beer and it was the first beer he was going to have since he left Canada. And then their commander comes in and goes, you, you. And he pointed to my grandpa as one of them. They're trying to blow up the bridge. You need to get out there. So he had to leave Christmas dinner and go out there and guard the bridge. And they never did try to blow it up anyways. Jeez. But he was like, I was so close to Christmas dinner. (laughs) But you and you, you're out there. And we and, and our biggest problems today is uh, is their free Wi-Fi. <laughs> it's just it's it's like we, we just don't get that impression of it. So I'm so glad that that he shared so much with you, because I do know other other friends of mine that had grand grandparents that that served in the war. They didn't like to talk about it. And you came across a lot of that, like even yeah. when we were in Holland. And it's interesting because Grandpa once sent to me that there tends to be two schools there's one school that doesn't want to talk about it at all then there's the other that can't seem to let it go like they think about it too much right so I always felt very fortunate that he was kind of down the middle he'd talk to you about it but some there were certain things he didn't tell me because he told me there's things I'm just not going to tell you in in, uh, enough to make the point across and make us understand but but not enough to I guess uh put him through anything that's yeah 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 so no, I'm, thanks for sharing that. That's that, that's important that we know that. So I, that's it was really one of the the stories I was really hoping you would share with that on that. So um, back to your radio days now. So in twelve years in Lloydminster, 
they seem to have a lot of people related to the radio industry for some reason. <laughs> but I guess, yeah, when you work in there so long, there's a lot of interesting things like that. So w- what are some of your favorite stories from uh, from the world and from your career in radio? Oh, gosh. <laughs> My first year out here, I did evenings and weekends, and that included opting for the chuck wagon races. Right. And being from Ontario, I was not familiar with chuck wagon races, but I was like, oh, this will be interesting. And so listening to it, I was like, this is, you know, kind of fun. Like, I I think I kind of like this. I should actually go see this in person. So that was a new experience that I probably never would have had if I had Mm -hmm. stayed in Ontario. But it's a sport that I really enjoy now and I really respect respect a lot of people that are involved with it because of the amount of work that goes into it and the the care of their horses and things like that so listening to them for the first time and then actually seeing them in action for the first time i've always that's always been pretty neat it's kind of the same way i was quite a bit older like growing up in the area i think i was while i was working in radio out here so i was in my late 20s the first time i saw chuck wagons live and it's yeah it's it's a pretty gritty sport yes. and, and, and tense too, right? And you, you really get an appreciation of how with the, was it four wagons at once going around <laughs> the the barrel and then racing out and down around the track and, and it can I, get pretty. I should say that I was lucky enough to ride in a chuck wagon. Oh. Danny Ringette took me out on like, it was kind of like a, a yeah. thing for the media, right? right just to right. see what it was like. And I remember him saying, now once they go, just hold on. And I'm glad he told me that because, yeah, you do oh, have yeah. to hold on. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then we were coming around a turn and he's like, look up, look up. You're missing it because all this dirt's <laughs> flying everywhere. Right. Jeez. But when you look up and you're like, wow, we are going like I can see why they get so into the sport and they stay with it. You're, so you're still with the radio now? Yes. OK. Yep. Yeah. What, what are your plans for the future of that? You're, are you going to stay with it or what's uh, what, what are you thinking career wise? Because we've talked to people, the Kurt and myself, we've. We've, we've kind of moved in different directions, but I mean, would have loved to stay with it. But if, I mean, if you have the opportunity, what, what, are, you, what, are, you, what are your plans? It's interesting because when I got laid off from my job in Ontario and I got this new one and I came out here with this thought of, you know, try and experience new things. Like mm-hmm. take it as this could be like, you know, a great experience that you've never tried before. So I kind of try and say never say never right you know what i mean like if an interesting opportunity comes up i'm going to take a look at it if i'm fortunate enough to continue on in radio that's great but for me it really is about the people like Mm -hmm. i've met some wonderful people that make me feel like i'm a part of their family and make me feel like this is home so i feel like as long as you have those connections Mm -hmm. then you're in a good place right Perfect. Heather Clegas, thank you so much for agreeing to do this. Um, always a pleasure and someone completely interesting. You can find us uh, through Facebook and uh, social media by searching Pool and Radio. Find us on your favorite podcast provider by searching Pool and Radio or someone completely interesting. My guest again, someone completely interesting, no doubt about it, Heather Clegas.